0: Hello. We want to take a second to tell you about one of our favorite podcasts, Disgraceland. If you like music, pop culture, and true
1: crime, this is the podcast for you. Through host Jake Brennan's deeply researched storytelling, you'll hear all about the lives and crimes of musicians like Jerry Lee Lewis, Jay-Z, the Rolling Stones, and so many more.
0: And now Disgraceland is expanding to include artists, actors, athletes, and other icons from Anthony Bourdain to Andy Warhol. Full
1: episodes are released every Tuesday. Check out Disgraceland Plan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: What's up, Baltimore?
2: Baltimore. (laughs) Yes!
1: All the way in the back. All the way in the back. Oh my God! The loudest ever. Yes. Wow. Good job, guys. It's very, (laughs) very uh, bold of you to give us an opening standing ovation. (laughs) unearned standing ovation. Thank you. Wow. You don't even know what we're about to say. Oh, man. Here comes our Christian agenda. (laughs) Ready? In rap form. Yeah. Yes. White rap. Christian white rap for two hours straight. (laughs) (laughs) Horrifying That's right That's what, what this tour is all about Hi, everybody Thanks for
0: being here Thank you for coming out in the fucking
1: snow In the snow What is that shit? What are you guys doing? It's freezing and then it's wet What the fuck?
0: The lovely woman who drove us here, at Tammy, Tammy, was like, you know when you're a kid and your, your parents bundle you up to go out in the snow? And we're both like, no. no. We're from no. California. I only know that because I watched the, A Christmas Story That's right. 17 times.
1: That's right. And then you have to pee. I know that because it happened in a movie. Yeah. But no. No. We've only been taken to already fallen snow. Yep. Where the sun is shining brightly yep. and people are like, hurry up and play before it melts. Go. That's the <laughs> snow we know.
0: We both had a, um, when we got to Philly yesterday, we both had to go buy, like, winter clothes because <laughs> even though Vince was like, it's going to be cold, it's going to be cold, we we're both like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then we went out there and I was like, this hurts this a is- lot. This <laughs> is...
1: I did that thing that's very it's very California where I go out and then I'm like shut up polar vortex big deal. And uh, on the walk home from um, CVS I could not feel my pinky. I was like, I lost I've already lost one digit and I've been out, uh-huh. out here for four minutes. It's the least important
0: digit, it unless really, you're a
3: cokehead.
1: I, I don't need know. people to know.
3: What'd you say? <laughs> Oh,
1: shit. (laughs) I'm going to have to grow my thumbnail really long. (laughs) Do it all backwards and weird. No more tea parties. (laughs) You'll never be a proper lady again. Nope. Well, fuck it. Hey, this is a different dress from last night. That's right. I changed it. Oh, cool. I just noticed. (laughs) Thank you. And you know why? The other one didn't have pocket. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Oh! Wow!
1: <laughs> That's my super casual um, put your microphone in your pocket walk <laughs> that everyone on Broadway knows how to do. Amazing.
0: How about your dress, okay, for Georgia? Okay, so this is my new thing. And this, remember last um, tour at the end, I was like, I'm gonna wear whatever I want now. And and you were like, you should buy a dress on every every weekend and wear it. Yes. I, and I I was like, that seems hard. And then I did it. I bought this. <laughs> I did yesterday. It. I think it's gonna be the last time it happens. And I I was just walking and I found a Buffalo Exchange. I went in. They had a vintage rack. It basically said Georgia on it. And I bought this for $12. Hell yeah. And, <laughs> Thank you. We love a bargain. Yeah. We love a bargain. And the reason I bought it is because um, this is how I pick vintage clothing. When I pick it up off the rack, it makes me laugh. I'm like, that, I have to wear this. Doesn't this look like I'm, um, what's that movie? when you Working know? girl? Yeah.
1: yeah. Or nine to five? Looks like I'm about to get sexually harassed. Rolling out of bed and sexually harassed, Rolling out of bed, sexually harassed all day long, Dabney Coleman sexually harasses me. <laughs> don't, don't tell Dolly I sang it like
0: that, that she'd no. be so mad. Um, and you can tell I didn't plan on wearing it because I would never normally wear silver and gold together. <laughs> But I had a different dress I was going to wear, so
1: fuck it. Here's what we do. Yeah. We're going to get some spray paint. We're going <laughs> to spray paint that belt buckle. The whole dress. <laughs> yep. Great. Right. You stay in it. <laughs> we'll put a washcloth in your mouth. We're going to spray <laughs> that thing down. This is life on the road. Oh, this is uh, the podcast, My Favorite Murder, That's
0: Right. Thank you.
1: This is Karen Kilgore. Hi. This is my voice. This is Georgia Heartstark. Stephen couldn't come. He no. said he doesn't like you. <laughs> why would no. I Why would I ever do that? Every time we talk about Stephen cuz he's the first person that hears all of these live shows. Yeah. He sits at home with little headphones that also have mustaches on them. <laughs> and he hears them first so i always try to say something terrible to top. cuz i know that it hurts him deeply
0: no he's um he's not allowed in the snow his mustache just breaks
1: off <laughs> you know like and that's um a major artery for him so he would die <laughs> he would die if it froze off mm-hmm, of his face mm-hmm. it's really it's something to behold yeah i tell you that so we had to leave him at so home. we left him at home we left love- yeah. No, not no, not home. home. We left at no Home. Um, we had to talk to somebody day who was like, "Tell me a little bit about uh, your live show." And I go, "Well, it starts with this huge dance number." And they didn't laugh. Then he goes, "Really?" I'm like, "Oh, you don't know who we are <laughs> at all." <laughs> then I was like, "Yeah, I guess we should start working on that dance number. I guess we need to start giving the people something at the top of this."
0: You already did nine to five. What more do they want
1: from you? We could all do it. <coughs> it's the easiest song to sing. Um Usually, what, yeah. oh, did you bring this rug from home? I brought home? this rug from home. <laughs> I bought it at <laughs> Buffalo Exchange. It was $3. They have such nice rugs at Buffalo <clears throat> Exchange. I know. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, we don't have a ton of... um uh, anecdotes for you here because we came we thought we were gonna die in the car <laughs> ride here hmm we, dro- we drove up from Philly it's so fucking frightening when you turn so Vince is like the chillest
0: dude ever he's my husband I can tell when he's not chilling out thank and, you and our tour manager yes. that's why he's in this story <laughs> so he's driving here and he grew up in Michigan so snow shouldn't faze him and he is fucking leaning over the handle He's hand, leaning like, forward i would call them the handlebars <laughs> <laughs> he's leaning over he, we're all, it's a bike okay we we're, were all on a <laughs> tandem bike all on vinces 10 speed yeah it's cute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so d- determined and i was how you doing baby do you need anything do you want me you know and i'm just freaking out myself yeah. i was, was
1: i think i looked down the entire time cuz i was just like <laughs> I, don't, I feel like i don't understand how like, that idea that you could just hit an ice patch and go spinning yeah! away into <laughs> infinity. It's like the scariest <laughs> shit. Dude, and it's nuts.
0: You guys know that there's places that don't snow, right? Yeah. <laughs> The roads never have ice or salt on them at all. Just, I asked him when we were walking in Philly. So is that is that a salt? I didn't. I thought it was snow.
2: <laughs>
0: Who's littering? <laughs> Who's throwing all these melting? Is it rice? Um. Oh, we. By the way, we have an in in the FBI. What? My Vince's niece, Erin, is in the.
1: I have a fucking niece in the FBI. I found out recently. <laughs> we're clear let's get out of here cut to her and she's running the clary starling uh climbing a fence climbing up a rope gray sweatsuit is that what she's like sexual harassment sexual harassment (laughs) sexual (laughs) harassment folks like me in silence of the lambs (laughs) that's right not so she did
0: um, 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 should we stand? I guess we should. Okay. Looks like it. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Wow. Gorgeous. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. This. <laughs> <laughs> this absolutely looks like someone went back in a time machine to I- IBM headquarters in 1980. <laughs> they're like, we'll have two of your highest chairs. Please.
0: Okay, so now commences for the next, what? 60 minutes me awkwardly trying to sit and hold and look casual yeah, that's with a microphone all i do my on hands. these things there it is what's your <laughs> it's very weird someday we'll have bespoke
1: chairs but until then <laughs> that, are, that are built to our bodies <laughs> 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 that's when i would stop listening if i were you <laughs> St- please stop supporting us when we yep. start building bespoke chairs that's for right. live shows We've gone too far. I beg you. We won't know. We won't be able to call it ourselves. You have no. to be the ones.
0: Yeah. It's this tricky little <laughs> spot. <laughs> it's um, an odd
1: position to be
0: in. Do you want to tell them about the, the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <casually? laughs> oh, also, my, my $12 dress doesn't sit well. <laughs> This might be why whoever owned it before me got rid of
1: it. Because it kept riding up. Look at this. Dunga, 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 dunga. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of material um, in just a spot that helps nothing. It it feels like um, a jellyfish. Uh huh. It was
0: living in my dress. That's dangerous. (laughs) Well, I could just pee on it at any moment, though, if I needed to. That's a jellyfish, right? It, yeah. Oh, also, I'm not wearing my Spanx tonight because they. Sp-
1: Women's liberation! <laughs> Imagine if we both got paid the same. But it's. But it's beca- But.
0: <laughs> I can't follow that up. <laughs> no, what were you trying to say? It's because they smell like beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, literally. For real? So we went. Vince and I found a beef jerky what store. Flavor? All of them. Teriyaki? Yes. No. We found a beef jerky store. Oh. We bought a ton of beef jerky. I'm not fucking just saying that. I'm like I stink. Oh. My fuck, and I accidentally put my my tights. They smell too, but I needed to wear them uh, in the
1: same bag as the beef jerky. Oh. I honestly thought you were like I might have a medical condition. I'm starting to emit the smell of beef jerky through you know, my pores. Jerky spanks. Jerky. <laughs> it's a pro- It's a real problem. It's a real. It's an issue women face today. Dunga, dunga, dunga. Um, so yeah. So this is a true crime comedy podcast. Um, yeah. I bring it up because, as you well know, uh, some of you insist upon bringing outsiders to these shows. (laughs) You insist upon dragging those who don't know what's going on, uh, making them sit next to you, whether it's because you're codependent or someone just (laughs) flaked out on you, whatever it might be. There are people here who need a bit of an explanation. Um, so just for those people just speaking to you, we need you to know this is, although uh, comedy is involved, uh, we don't think that the worst thing that can happen to a human being is funny. It's not what we joke about. It's um, just because the Georgia and I and the way uh, we communicate with each other, um, being funny people, um that's how conversationally we kind of process this incredibly terrible news that you'll be getting from us um, just the worst starts bad, gets worse that's our guarantee to you for this show yeah so anyway All of this is just to say, um, that if you listen to the podcast, you know, that we have the benefit of your doubt because you've heard the way we talk about this and you understand the way we do it. If you don't know the podcast, you hear true crime comedy podcast, you think that's offensive. That's wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. You know, we just have to say to you, get the fuck out right now. (laughs) We just have to. It's very simple. It's um. You're either in or you're out. <laughs> That's all there is to it yeah. with this fucking thing. And we fucking get it if you're out, you know? Yeah. Oh my shit, man. We're this... out too. Yeah.
0: Believe I mean, us. I cannot fall asleep without a thing at first, you know,
1: a pill form of some sort. <laughs> so
0: I get it.
1: <laughs> I love that somebody in the audience turned out just be like, "Oh, permission to take my pills." Mm. Bing, Here boom, I go, Zan Murder, And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So
0: go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the
1: next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget, the code is all lowercase. Goodbye.
2: Can, oh, I go first? You do. Okay.
0: Um... Okay, uh, this is a classic. This is... Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do The Murder of Carolyn Wasilewski, a.k.a. the Cry Baby, uh, what the Crybaby movie was based off of. Oh! Written by your... and everything by your friend, John Waters. Yay!
2: Hey,
0: hey, hey! He's here to, No, he's not. Wouldn't that oh. be amazing? Tom.
1: I thought he'd come. I would be so
2: excited. I <laughs> that.
1: My favorite scene in any movie ever. And now I can't remember which movie it is. <laughs> but it's the one it's the one where Divine dances down the fucking street uh, to the camera. Female, Female trouble, trouble, thank you. So sorry. My, my apologies. I'm not a total water's head, um, <laughs> as some people are, but it truly is when I was watching that movie with my friends, that scene started and I laughed so loud and so hard, cause it's divine just dancing like to the song down the street, but she's, Looking out toward, so I think what I heard was the behind the scenes of John Waters. They just—he was in a car with the camera, and they were like, "Okay, ready, action!" And then just did it. And everybody in the shot didn't know they were going to be in a movie. <laughs> I don't know if they got permission slips from anybody. Doubt it. It was just her fucking jamming down the street. And if you haven't seen it, please do yourself the favor, look up female trouble dancing. It's—it's the best. It's the most joyous, beautiful thing I've ever seen. And now let's talk about murder. Oh. <laughs> That'll be a little something for after when yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. pick me up
0: after this shit. Palate cleanser. Okay. So um, Carolyn Loretta Wazalewski, She was born in, uh, on June twelfth, nineteen forty, in nowhere else but Baltimore, Maryland. Yes. <laughs> She's the eldest of
1: seven children. Shit. Which has gotta be rough, right? Well, cause if you're the girl and you're the oldest of seven, like my dad had eight brothers and sisters, Oy. my Aunt Teresa was the oldest, and it's, you're like the second, you're junior mom.
0: Yeah, they buy, they, they buy you. They have you. <laughs> So you take care of the other ones. They eventually have. That's right. Right. Yeah. So that's that was her, um, and she uh, her family lives in Morell Park, and she's a freshman. Morrell Park. Morrell Park. <laughs> that's what I didn't say. No, I was asking. I was. No, correcting. I think you're right. Okay. I wish you would. <laughs> She, and she's a freshman at Southern High School. And, um, so she was, she was a a nice girl. She was really smart, book smart and everything, but she fell in with a bad crowd because around this time, when? In the early 50s. (laughs) 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 Um, in the early 50s, these like rebel without a cause greasers started getting like, fucking big just like you saw in crybaby with the pompadour they were the fawns but before the fawns was the fawns
1: <laughs> but they, they were like the fawns but not a middle-aged jewish man in hollywood <laughs> which is what the fawns actually was that's right yeah so she was like these people look like they're having fun
0: i'm gonna join them and she wasn't wrong um <laughs> so the local rebel gang just like in crybaby which john waters took from is they're called the drapes mm. Which is cool, and the girls are known as the Bets. So, um, her nickname with them was Peaches, and awesome. it's mostly teens. Although she's kind of dating a 22-year-old. Guess how old she is here? Uh, I know. It's a guess.
1: Also, she was talking to me. <laughs> oh, we're real close to we're this real thing. Close. Jesus okay. Christ. <laughs> I don't know where Sorry, you're. Sorry, she's 14. Yeah, what the fuck? She's 14. She's the principal of my grammar school. <laughs> How? What? I know.
0: I mean, I, I, I'm sure some of the retouching from the black and white photo put more makeup. That's what it colors. is.
2: <laughs> That's what it is.
0: But. It kinda of makes me glad that when I was a juvenile delinquent at fourteen, which I was, I didn't look anywhere near older than fourteen because I bet you get away with a lot more shit. That's right. You know what I mean? Yes. Um and people, if you look older than they assume, you can handle right. heavier shit. Exactly. So, but she was a sweet girl, um, and the juvenile delinquent gang that she hung out with—they uh, did petty crimes like stealing cars. <laughs> that doesn't seem petty. Not petty at all. Don't. That's not. You're gonna get in trouble for that, and holding hot rod races as well. Oh, okay. which seems very dangerous. That's petty, but still petty. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, smart, kind. By the time she's 14, she's already gained a reputation, which is like, fuck you, fucking (laughs) slut shamers. Um... But, you know, it's the time when, like, you don't, like, girls didn't wear pants at the time. Right. You had to, like, dress properly and act properly, like, your mom or whatever. Um, and some, but sometimes she'd leave home for a couple days, but she always came home and, you know, apologized to her parents. Uh, but she's also feisty, and she's looking for excitement, and she, since she looks so much older, people mistook her for being in her 20s or 30s sometimes. Yeah. Which, fuck, man. Yeah.
1: They're like, Me Can too. you fill out this insurance form? <laughs> she's like, People I, kept asking her to fill out in insurance forms all the time. <laughs> I can't. I don't even know my own social security number. <laughs> Lady. Okay.
0: So, um, on the night of November 8th, 1954, at 6.15 p.m., Carolyn tells her family that she's going to meet her friend, Peggy, and they're going to register for a dance class at the local um, elementary school. You know, uh, fucking chill, right? Probably lying to her parents. I, I did it a lot. <laughs> Her parents are like, y- you're going out wearing that. We don't like it. She's in a tight pink top, black skirt with accent arrows, which I think are these. Yeah.
1: Right? Um, the, those are pleats. Okay. I think. And i don't, I'm not a fashionista by any stretch of the imagination, but...
0: But she looked like a cute greaser girl, you know? Yeah. Um. And she had her blonde hair in curlers covered with a scarf, and she had a little jaunty scarf around her neck as well. She went out in
1: curlers? Yeah.
0: I love it. So she was definitely going to her friend's house, right? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yes. So maybe they were going to meet and do something else, or maybe they were just, you know, being innocent teens. We don't know. Because she doesn't return home that evening, and her parents get worried. And uh she it's a school night, so her family searches the streets in their neighborhood and they can't find her anywhere. Um her friend Peggy says she never showed up at her uh nearby trailer park home and she never arrived at the school to register for the dance either. And no one can figure out where she went after she left home, and it's like she just vanished into thin air. Oh. You know um in the, in the morning, the next morning, November 9th, nineteen fifty-four, a train engineer is driving a is it Pency or is that a typo? Penny or Pency? Ex- they don't have them anymore,
1: apparently. Um, an, the, a train, the, the Pency Express. Yeah. Does that have something to do with Pennsylvania? Oh, yes. They're all mad. <laughs> we do yes! it all the time. Why don't time? you know the nickname of trains?
0: <laughs> um, so this train, this train's coming in to Baltimore. The Pensy Express. The Pency coming in our friend from Harrisburg, it's pulling into Baltimore. That still exists. And (laughs) thank God. It's just under the Belvedere Avenue bridge. And as the train goes closer, the train conductor realizes the odd shape that he sees lying in the tracks. And there's a body. It's Caroline Wazalewski. So by chance, there's a journalist on the train named Bill Stump, and he said, quote, this, the train slowed down and no one knew what the hell was going on, and then they were diverted to another track, they passed by and saw all the cops milling around and shit, and like knew something was up. Um, Carolyn has been beaten, and there's scratches and bruises all over her body. And the murder becomes massive news locally. And uh, I read one article and it, and it called her, it quote called like a, you know, she was a teenage rebel. Like they really picked up on that. in a way that, as we know now, it's like, maybe she deserved what she got. Girls don't be like fast, you know? Yeah. Because they called her a jazz lover. <laughs> God forbid. Jazz lover. Uh-huh. And boy crazy. Which is like, yeah, we were 14. Yes. What the fuck? Fuck off. Seriously. So the medical examiner reports that the cause of death is a skull fracture, and um, the ME places her time of death at 11 o'clock the night before. And uh, the last train to pass under the bridge was 1030, so they think, like, right after that happened, she was um, killed somewhere else and brought to that place. And she put up a fight, and they said there was no sign of sexual assault, but then I read there's no evidence of violent sexual attack. So I think that just got misprinted. I, I mean, come on, man. Um, and the strangest clue is that uh, written on Carolyn's thigh is the name Paul in lipstick. Creepy, right? Yeah. So... um the evidence shows that she's probably not murdered where she was found, and so uh, it doesn't. They, they find the murder site eventually. It's down the street from her house in a vacant lot, eight miles away from where the, br- the bridge where she was found, and it's um, it's, a, it's a lot near the Baltimore and Ohio's railroad something something yard. Pensey. Pensey. <laughs> And they find her shoes and other personal belongings there. They speak to the family to, f- to try and trace her final movements, but they can't come up with anything concrete or anyone who saw her. Um, and it's one of the most intensive manhunts in Baltimore history. So there's all these leads. What's up? Uh, one of them is, so Carolyn recently had testified in her friend's sexual assault case. Her friend had been sexually assaulted. She testified against the person. And so it was theorized that maybe it could have been payback for her cooperation. And the accused man is questioned by police, but he's re- released due to lack of evidence. Like, there's just not a lot of information about these people, but they all sound guilty.
1: Yeah, you know, every single person, everyone. Assessment. Yep.
0: Another major suspect is a dude known as Ralph Garrett. He had been missing since he drove his wife to work that Monday morning, the same day Carolyn had disappeared. He lives close to Carolyn, and witnesses saw a claim they saw the two of them together that night. And they also witnesses also said they saw a two tone car near where her body was found, and this dude Ralph drives a similar car. So. They can't find him anywhere, um, and then his car is found abandoned in a nearby town the day after Carolyn's body was discovered, and then the next day, his body is discovered on the railroad tracks near where Carolyn had been placed. He's fucking hanging from a belt from a brake wheel on top of a gondola car. Holy shit. He fucking killed himself right by where her body was found. And abandon his car in another town. Okay. See, everyone's guilty. Yes. There's a lot going on. Yes. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> they check the car to see if the tires match the tires at the scene of the crime. Um, and I, we can't find anything that says if they are or not. So that's good. Um, And neighbors described him as a steady, decent guy. So the cops were like, can't be him. Oh, right. So his wife, though, who were, everyone was like, well, why did he kill herself right there, himself right there? And his wife said that her husband had been depressed since the week before, which he annually had this depression at the same time where his mom died every year. So Mm. she said, that's why it happened, I swear. Um, and so he's ruled out as a suspect. I don't think so. Um, over the next few months, 300 people are brought in for questioning, mm-hmm. including a bunch of Carolyn's drape friends. And uh, this dude, Rocky, is a 22-year-old guy who is dating her, and he gets brought in for questioning for several hours. And he was supposed to have been on a date with Carolyn that night, and he doesn't give the police any new information, though, and he uh, isn't seen as a, sus- a suspect at all either. And uh they after 300... Question, question 300 people, they don't find any promising leads, and the case eventually goes
1: cold. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, Carolyn's funeral is super popular, and the newspaper writes, although Carolyn had gained a reputation for living beyond her tender years, the last, the last rites were those for a little girl. Aww. And she, Because um, she was a little girl. Yeah, guys. Even yeah. though she listened to jazz every once in a yeah. while. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. It's truly. And here's... The, her drape friends were Paul, the pallbearers. Isn't that oh, a crazy thought? That's so that's sad. So sad. And um, she was buried next to the grave of her grandfather. Um, and, yeah. Okay. So, meanwhile, <clears throat> a kid from an upper-middle-class Catholic family in suburban Baltimore named
1: John Waters... Okay. Sorry. Side note. Sidebar nation. My favorite gif in the world... <laughs> Both of my two favorite things in the world are John Waters related. And yet I don't know the name of his, fil- his films <laughs> offhand. Anyhow, there's a GIF where it's this picture. And then slowly a little pencil comes in and just puts oh. a pencil thin mustache. Oh. It's the best. And the second it's there, it looks exactly like him wow. right today. I see it. It's so
0: funny. Oh, I should have found that one. And then, so he became obsessed. in the, Like he was from a, god damn it. Where do I point this? <laughs> Just everywhere. Okay, it's not working. Um, so he becomes obsessed with drapes and, like, the drape culture. And it has a huge impact on him. He grows up fascinated by these kids he sees out in Baltimore. He's obsessed with them. And he never forgets um, Carolyn. And he read all about her. He said, it was very, this is what happens to girls who hang out with drapes. Um, and he saw the whole deal as a class issue. Because you know the, she was in the lower class, he was in the upper class. He didn't fucking get it. In 1990, John Waters releases his film *Cry Baby*, starring Johnny Depp as a leader of the delinquent gang, also called the Drapes. He is on record saying that Carolyn Wazaluski's case is the one is the inspiration behind it. And I tried to watch it today, and I didn't finish it, but it's it's interesting. (Laughter) <laughs> You know? <laughs> I mean, I just can't get over Tracy Lords and how what a hottie she is. Yeah, she is. Like, what the fuck? How the do you look thing? like that? So. Oh, no. <laughs> what
1: murder are you going to do? I just want to, before I start my murder, I want to talk about history a little bit. But, it's a civics. It's a civics oh, issue. Oh, man. I just fucked
0: that up. <laughs> civics! Stephen, you need to make it harder, Stephen, for me to do that. Why did you do that, Stephen? So Carolyn Wasilewski, uh, the killer has never been caught, but the case has never gone away. People are still fascinated by to this day, though um, more than sixty years have passed since her murder. The death is one of Baltimore's most famous and legendary unsolved murders, and that is the murder of Carolyn Wazaluski.
1: Wow. Yeah. So. So do you believe that the guy that killed himself and was at the railroad tracks is the person who did it? Yeah. You do?
0: But why Paul? Why was the name Paul written in lipstick? I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird. Maybe she did that herself because there was someone named Paul she liked. Yeah. Know? And she was just messing around with her friends. Yeah. No, mm. it's really sad.
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I think you know me well enough to know that I don't give a single shit about anything. <laughs> right? I can't, I can't believe you're going here. <laughs> oh, I'm going. Oh, oh You better go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. We're back. We're back entirely. Pinkies raised. <laughs> you guys... <laughs> Um, there is so much terrible murder in the city of Baltimore, as you all know, so much Baltimore has a higher murder rate than Chicago guys, crazy. You're the reason people get mad at us. Um, yeah,
0: that's, oh, okay. I thought you were going to give us a social commentary. Yeah, on exactly. It. And then I,
1: then I, I'm also going to announce my my candidacy for president.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know two things: Baltimore has a higher murder rate than Chicago, <laughs> and that Lincoln is sad. Um, uh. So when I was looking for uh, my story, I was just looking for something that might be a little um, less fucking depressing or the thing that reminds you of the day-to-day bullshit or whatever. And then I stumbled upon the Baltimore plot to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Do you know about this? Yeah. <laughs> Baltimore Baltimore came together scheming as a fucking city (laughs) and we're like, he's going down. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Now, here's my disclaimer that I need to say before I start this story. I am the last person who should be telling you the story. When I uh, was in fifth grade, I went to public school where we studied the presidents in sixth grade. And then I switched schools to the Catholic school Uh-oh. in town for like junior high, where they had already studied the presidents in fifth grade. Um, so I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about right now. In terms of politics, the president... The year, the beard, like I just, this man's a stranger to me in many ways. I learned a lot and it was fun, but I also am very scared right now. Very, very scared. Uh, I'm definitely in an area... That I don't belong in. I'm in an area where there are historical podcasts that people host where it sounds like they want to kill you the whole time, so I'm scared to be in their territory. Uh. Everything about this is very dangerous. <laughs> We're here with you. Here we go. <laughs> and that's why I love this job. Um, thank you so much. Okay, so... Abraham Marie Lincoln was born. <laughs> he gets us every time. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> On February 12th, 1809, in a one-room log cabin, we've all been, it uh, shoved uh, down your throats, not mine. <laughs> um, in Sinking Spring, um, at Sinking Spring Farm in Hardin County, Kentucky, his oh. family then relocated to Hurricane Township in Perry County, Indiana. In what did you say? Indiana? <laughs> Indiana? <laughs> um. Spell it like you say. It, or <laughs> say it like I'm, you smell it. I'm from France, so I don't really know how to say your city's names. <laughs> Indiana in 1816, and when he was seven, he, re- um, oh, he, they moved there when he was seven, he stayed there till he was 21. And then in 1830, 21-year-old Abe, and we can just go through a series of portraits. Let's see that face. Let's see that mug. Oh, so different. He's Look at all the looks Abe Lincoln has. He looks old oh. for a 21-year-old. What's that? A dark suit and a beard? Let's see those teeth. That's an old-looking 21-year-old. <laughs> it was, you know, working on farms back then was mm. hard on your collagen yeah. layers. They didn't have SPF and no. Botox. And they didn't. <laughs> and moist coconut oils. <laughs> um, that was my favorite last night. Georgia kept, to, we were talking about cleaning something and she kept suggesting coconut oil as, <laughs> like, as the cure-all cleaner. <laughs> it was making me it laugh. It works. You guys should try it. It really works. It coconut works. Coconut oil. Buy my coconut oil. Drink it. Clean with it. <laughs> When he's 21, he moves to Illinois. Um, sure. <laughs> um, just like you guys. And he helps his dad set up a, a new farm there. Then he sets out on his own. He is a boatman, a store clerk, a surveyor, a militia soldier, and finally a
0: lawyer. I feel like uh, from now on, to be president, you have to have been all those things. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or at least two of them. I'm sorry. When were you a boatman? Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's forget about what your thing is. <laughs> sorry, President of Starbucks, you haven't done it. He's the one we're mad at. No billionaires allowed. Um, okay, so. In 1834, he's elected to the Illinois legislature, serves for about 10 years. In 1846, he's elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. He is a member of the HUIG party. Um, his platform consists of, among other issues, the opposition to the expansion of slavery in the ter- territories. Good for him. So he was, yes, as we all know, a great abolitionist in a time uh of slavery in this country. So in 1858, Stephen Douglas is up for re-election for the Illinois seat in the Senate mm-hmm. and um good old laughing abe <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: okay. bright ray of sunshine you can't you simply you simply can't find one with teeth. You can't I challenge you to do it. <laughs> So he's pissed because Stephen Douglas is um, hes very pro-slavery. He's all about that rhetoric. And Lincoln is strongly appro- opposed to his political views. So he decides to run against him. He wins the Senate popular vote, but he loses the election. Uh, I'm with her. <laughs> um,
0: Seems not right. Yeah fucking seems wrong. Seems like a bad system. Yeah. See, seems, seems like, like it. it's what, 1836? So they'll fix it by yeah, 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 in the yeah, next yeah. 100- do don't, yeah. 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 Okay. don't worry.
1: Yeah, Don't worry. Oh, God. We what's
0: going on, we you guys? We laugh so we don't cry. That's
1: right. <clears throat> but here's the thing. He ran such a strong race that all uh, the Republicans at the time now see him as a viable option for presidency. So... Um, of course they asked him to do it he's hesitant at first because he's all like oh, I'm from a farm and a hundred feet tall or whatever <laughs> and they're like just fucking do it just do it people love to like tall men talking he's like flatter me a little more I don't, mm, I don't think I can please uh, I think I'm busy wouldn't that be funny if it, Lincoln was super coy and, <laughs> he was kind of a tease it's he, been lost to history <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look at him. He's a chameleon. God. He's like
1: Ted fucking Bundy. He just always changes. It's amazing. Yeah. Just so many looks, Abe. (laughs) So uh, after gaining even more popularity from his 1860 Cooper Union speech in New York City, Abe Lincoln receives the official endorsement, right? I mean, I'm saying these words. I have no (laughs) idea what they mean. I now I'm very slowly starting to understand what people are like I love to learn I'm like you know what I might get around to some learning <laughs> it seems like it would be a good idea for me <clears throat> um <laughs> he gives the cooper union speech that you and I talk I about love all it. the time it's my favorite and so it was like so long oh my god oh I love yeah. this. long and boring and boring oh. um he receives the official endorsement. It's just like four straight hours of this. Um, he receives the official endorsement. Uh, did I say that already? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Okay, so. Here we go. Let's get to the action. At <laughs> around 2 a.m. on November 6th, 1860, Abraham Lincoln receives word he has won the presidency of the United States. Sure. Sure. But he wins by a very narrow margin, and um, most of the other candidates were very pro- pro-slavery. And so his victory immediately sparks a secessionist movement. Um, so he decides, what he's going to do is take a 13-day whistle-stop train trip from Illinois to D.C. Mm-hmm. so that along the way um, in all the northern states where um, people are abolitionists he can go and shake hands and calm people down and say it's all great and we're going to be fine and then in the um, handful of cities that, could, that he could possibly pass through on this train that mm-hmm. are below the Mason-Dixon line he can go extend a, a hand of peace and say hey don't worry about it everything's going to be okay but no more fucking slavery in this country <laughs> That's his plan. Yeah. Right. And everything worked out fine. And it was fine. <laughs> um, so uh, when the um, government offers him a military escort to go along with him on this train trip, he refuses, saying that he dislikes, quote, ostentatious display and empty pageantry. Mm. And <laughs> so, security. <laughs> Abe. It's a security detail. It's not Mardi Gras. Like, <laughs> no one's going to... fucking. There will be no feather boas the entire time. But he's like, no, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> Don't protect me. <laughs> Great. but but meanwhile everyone's super worried because from the day he was elected from the the moment it was announced that he was elected he starts getting this insane amount of mail so much so that he has to hire uh, a young Bavarian immigrant named John Nicolay to act as a secretary and help manage and respond to the correspondence Steven Steven to Stephen. Stephen. It's a Stephen. <laughs> um, Nicolet um, had kind of like a big bunch of hair on this side (laughs) and a weird mustache. He loved cats. That he touched. History tells us. (laughs) What if we're like, Stephen, just tell us, are you a young Bavarian immigrant? Please, be honest. I want to see your papers. So... This poor guy, John Nicolay, is opening and reading these letters and finds an overwhelming amount of death threats. Great. Of course. Now, when Lincoln's warned about these death threats, he chalks them up to angry hyperbole because he's an optimist and he believes in the best of people. Fuck that shit. Jesus Christ. Never do that. You of all people. (laughs) Um... So, even though people are taking the time to write to him and say, I'm going to stab you, I'm going to shoot you, and I'm going to blow up that train, Uh he's like, let's take this trip, everybody. (laughs) Perfect. So... Uh, there's a Philadelphia Railway executive named Samuel Morse Felton. And it's essentially, um, he's pissed at Lincoln because, um, he knows the risk. And he, and there's so many threats to blow up the train. And he's like, that's my train. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my living you're fucking with. That you're being all bold. Like, don't worry about it. And they're like, no, I'm super worried. So, um, he believes there's a deep-laid conspiracy to capture Washington, destroy all avenues leading to it from the north, east, and west, and prevent the inauguration of Mr. Lincoln at the Capitol. Um, uh, so, he hires um, Alan Pinkerton Uh-oh. to come and investigate. So, you've heard of the Pinkerton Detective Agency but mixed feelings.
0: Maybe we don't no- remember. We don't remember this part. Maybe of not. The
1: class. Is he good? Or- this part of the story. Yeah. Um, they're very famous, but there's there's some problems. But yeah. not in this story. So don't let's not worry about it right now. We can't we can't solve it all. Let's worry about this guy. Um, so uh Samuel Felton hires Alan Pinkerton, and he's like um we I I really need you to make sure that the president isn't killed and nothing happens to my precious precious
3: train. Mm, mm.
1: Um he loved trains. He loved trains. And he loved to lay on his belly and watch them go by. <laughs> <laughs> Pinkerton is a Scottish, Alan Pinkerton's a Scottish immigrant who had once been a barrel maker in a village also in Illinois. Um, but he did some vigilante work helping neighbors catch a ring of counterfeiters. Mm. And so then he. That... You got to fix that. <laughs> that's a nightmare. Uh-huh. That, that's a nightmare for her. Uh-huh. <laughs> or is it? I'm so sorry. <laughs> You basically outed yourself as a scream sneezer at a place, (laughs) at the place where we're all so sensitized to it. (laughs) There's nothing she could do, she had to do it. She couldn't not sneeze. Are you leaving? (laughs) Bye. Not everyone can handle this. this (laughs) You're gonna miss a great bunch of history. It's so fascinating. Okay. So Alan Pinkerton, he actually was the first official detective in the city of Chicago. Then he opens his own agency. Um, yep, Chicago. Pinkerton jumps at the chance to help the president and the train. So, <laughs> so as this time is passing, more southern states are, um, are threatening to secede from the union or choosing to secede from the union. Um, and Maryland is becoming increasingly divided. Um, And anti-Northern sentiments seem to be winning the fight. So it's a major concern because virtually every route that Lincoln could possibly take to Washington DC has to run through Baltimore. (laughs) 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 It just has to. You're an inevitability. Um.
0: (laughs) I just see the map that like cartoon train,
1: like screeching through. Right through. Um, and at the time Baltimore was the nation's fourth largest city it had more than 200,000 residents and that's twice as many as Chicago
0: (laughs) Chicago's never gonna let us come back I know
1: they're like going back to Chicago oh yeah I went to the Baltimore show they're talking shit about us (laughs) the entire time (laughs) then they attacked a scream sneezer it was fucked up (laughs) They fucked up. <laughs> so, Alan Pickerton Tid decides to go full on. Oh, hold on.
0: Oh there man. he is.
1: Can we stop it?
0: With the this Isn't look. Isn't he gorgeous? Oh, those blue blue eyes. <laughs>
1: he and looks the, so
0: bored. I bet you. <laughs> I bet his beard smells like beef jerky. Oh, don't you think? Yeah.
1: Kind of hot. so alan pinkerton decides what he's going to do is go full-on donnie brosco and go undercover he enlists his top agents and including a new recruit named harry davies and five weeks before the inauguration they all travel to baltimore to scope it out and what they do is Pinkerton gets a room at a boarding house near the Camden Street train station. And... So gorgeous. And... <laughs> he poses as a southern stockbroker named Johnny Hutchinson. And... Uh, so that allows him access into Baltimore's basically business circle mm. with all the moneyed people. Then Harry Davies takes on the identity of an extreme anti-union man, um, and he starts letting people know, hanging out, letting people know that he is willing to contribute financially to any endeavors that will benefit the South. Once he's like, I, hey,
0: I like slavery. I like slavery. Yeah, I'm that's just, right.
1: And then people are like, me too. People are like, uh, Ixnay. <laughs> we talk about it secretly. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Well, what happens is they both hear endless anti-union rhetoric from nearly everyone they meet. Um, so, Lincoln announces that he's going to travel to D.C. on what they call an open and public manner. So, he'll be stopping frequently along the way to greet the public, and the itinerary of this whistle-stop train tour will be made public. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, now all the shooters and stabbers... <laughs> And letter writers know exactly where he'll be every day, every hour of the day. Mm -hmm. So everyone's like, why are you doing this? (laughs) Is this what your whole presidency is going to be like? Um, He made it as... Did someone fall out of the balcony? (laughs) (laughs) We're skipping ahead to the the real assassination. Um... (laughs) Oh, that's offensive. <laughs> Please don't even. I know you. <laughs> okay, so he's like, whistle stop train trip. Make it as unsafe as possible. <laughs> Everybody, let's get on board. Um okay, so with the threat of Maryland secession looming and the Balts and with Baltimore being the only slave holding city that's now on the journey, apart from Washington, DC itself, um, Pinkerton immediately goes into panic mode. And um and now at this point, Lincoln is receiving daily death threats, including one um threatening the death by spider-filled dumpling. Yes, that's a delicacy in some places <laughs> if you're a bird um, Meanwhile, Harry Davies has befriended an anti union man named otis k hillard and hes a, um, Hillard is a lieutenant in the civilian militia mm. called the palmetto guards so uh, on the morning of Monday, February 11th, 1861, Lincoln packs up, boards his train, gets onto that first leg of the trip to D.C., and the next day, which is February 12th, Davies and Hillard are hanging out in Davies' room. Hillard asks Davies if he's seen an itinerary of Lincoln's journey and tells him that he's figured out a way to seamlessly track the progress and location of Lincoln throughout the journey undetected. Google Maps. <laughs> no ways. Otis Hillard invented Google Maps no one gave him credit they thought he was insane <clears throat> he's yeah he's the Waze guy he's like here's the thing the train will show up but then there'll be like a little thing that looks like a ghost that says don't go this way everyone's like okay Otis sounds good now, on the other side of town, where the rich bitches are, um, Pinkerton is in mid-conversation with a businessman named James H. Luckett, and that guy hints that there might be some trouble for Lincoln as he passes through Baltimore, mm. so Pink- Pinkerton slips Luckett $25, mm. and basically is like, I want to contribute to the efforts of whatever is being planned against him. The old $25 bill? Who's yep. on that, do you think? <laughs> At the time. President. Never mind. <laughs> What other presidents were there? <laughs> Tell me of the leaders of this country. Taft? Okay. <laughs> See, Taft in a bathtub, kicking it. <laughs> On the 25. <laughs> Sorry, it was
0: too risque. They had to get rid of it.
1: <laughs> he has one toe up in the air. Yeah. Woo! Pinky Taft. Well Pinky.
0: <laughs>
1: Big fat Taft <laughs> That was his nickname. Um I've only heard gossip about Taft. <laughs> I never heard the actual facts. Okay. <laughs> So taking the bait, Luckett, um, says he can't tell Pinkerton what the plan is, but that he offers to introduce him to the head of the operation, a man named Captain Cipriano Ferdinini, eh? Pinkerton meets with Ferdinini. Ferrandini. (laughs) (laughs) Ferrandini. Guys. Oh, do we have a photo? Is he have a beer? I don't think so. He finds out that Ferrandini is planning to kill Lincoln himself when he passes through Baltimore. So after ta- talking to him for a couple days, Pinkerton pieces together through rumors and reports, um, and he figures out the plan. So, quote, a vast crowd would meet at Lincoln's train at the Calvert Street Depot, and here it was arranged that a small force of policemen should be stationed, and as the president arrives, a disturbance would be created, and it would then be an easy task for a determined man to shoot the president, and aided by his companions to see succeed in making his escape. Hmm. So, <laughs> sorry, what? It's gonna be a what that over there? Oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Clip clop clip coconut shells. Great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Pinkerton, of course, is like, holy shit, this is really happening. He rushes to send a secret telegraph warning to, um, uh, that other guy, Norman Judd, okay. who is, I pause because it's, he was part of Lincoln's suite, um, which I think is like his street team. <laughs> but I don't know. And who really cares? So, um, Pinkerton tells, Davies to meet with Hillard again to try to get more info on that side of what that plan is. So on February 18th, Davies has dinner with Hillard and Hillard openly confirms um, that his National Volunteers Unit is soon going to draw lots to see who will kill Lincoln. Um, So Davies pretends he wants in and Hillard agrees to take Davies with him to the meeting uh, at which they're going to pick the killer. Uh, so now they're in. So that night, they go to a secessionist house with 20 other men, including Ferrandini, who's dressed in funeral blacks, and they um, basically put on, they light candles, or I think it was all candles back then, right? Um, <laughs> but they light them. With a lighter? Yeah. That's the it. first Bic ever. <laughs> um, also, Otis Hillard invented that. In there and they're just like, <laughs> dude, stop. You're acting nuts. They gather in a circle. And... Um, hold candles, and Davies is forced to swear his allegiance to this group, and then they all draw folded ballot slips from a box, um, to see who will be the killer. They keep the draws anonymous, nobody says anything, and then they all leave. And they first play truth or dare before they
0: (laughs) go. Sounds like a sleepover. There's
1: a lot, there's a lot of kiss, kiss, (laughs) and then people are like, stop it! (laughs) Everybody ran out crying. (laughs) All, all Davies knows is that he didn't draw the bad ballot and neither did Otis Hillard. Mm-hmm. So he rushes back to tell Pinkerton about this creepy meeting. And the kissing. And the kissing. And, <laughs> and then he tells his mom. And, <laughs> so Pinkerton knows now this is happening, we have to act. So, the morning of February 21st, now it's been three weeks since, um, Samuel Felton has hired Pinkerton. Mm-hmm. Only three weeks. Okay. So, Pinkerton basically devises a plan to evade the attack by um, getting Lincoln's train to get to Baltimore early. So he books it up to Philly <laughs> to pitch this idea to Lincoln. So he says, he explains to the president, if you get to Baltimore early, it'll throw everyone off the trail, and then by the time February 23rd rolls around, you'll already be safely in Washington, D.C. They'll be sitting here waiting to kill you in Baltimore, and we'll have the last laugh. <laughs> But this plan requires that Lincoln reduces caravan to only one or two people, which of course would leave him completely exposed. But that's not the reason Lincoln says no. Lincoln says no because he said he already made a commitment to raise the flag over Independence Hall in Philadelphia the next morning and then visit the legislature in Harrisburg in the afternoon. Dude. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can't cancel? <laughs> <laughs> he won't cancel. So Pinkerton has to come up with another plan. Um, and the second plan essentially works the same way. It just... Uh, Lincoln would get to Baltimore a little later than Pinkerton wanted, like kind of pushing it a little bit, but enough ahead of the schedule to still foil the attack. So Lincoln agrees, and on the evening of February 22nd, after he follows through on all of his fucking obligations in Philly and Harrisburg, like a big nerd, he... Ex- <laughs> He excuses himself from a dinner with several prominent Pennsylvanians and um, he goes upstairs in the building that they're in and he's given a beaver hat and a shawl to disguise himself. Ooh, that's the best disguise. Isn't that good? Because mm-hmm. beaver hats don't attract attention at all. <laughs> beaver
0: hats on a, what, six foot five man? Yep. Nobody would know. But
1: then a nice light blue shawl that his grandmother crocheted. <laughs> It's like, what's that trapper doing with my grandma's shawl? <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> okay, so, um, then he's, so he's disguised and, uh, they, uh, sorry, he, they whisk him off to the station where he boards a, a train, a night train from Harrisburg back to Philly and so he can catch the 11 p.m. train to Baltimore. But Pink, the problem is that the, Har- the Harrisburg train might not arrive in, in, Philly in time for him to board the eleven o'clock train. They're worried about the connection, okay. so Pinkerton sets up a decoy. He um, creates an important package, which is just a box that's stuffed with old railroad reports and wrapped up in paper. Oh and my he- God, is Abraham in the box? Yes, too? he becomes tiny somehow. Okay. And old railroad reports. Um, and he gives it to Felton. And then he, Felton goes and tells the railway workers. So this is like the president of the company coming down and being like, you have to, um, you, this package is so important and you have to get it on the train. Basically, he, he creates the diversion. Mm-hmm. Everyone's focusing on this package. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say they have to get it. <laughs> oh... And then I bring up Abe Lincoln's package. <laughs> That's why he had that look on his face. <laughs> I'm ten years old. Um I'm so into history I don't get sex jokes anymore. <laughs> what a nerd. <sighs> Breathless with historical facts. So he's Lincoln's on his on on the train, he's on his way to Philly, the plan's in motion for him to get onto that 11 o'clock train. on a different railway than was announced on the public itinerary that mm-hmm. they that they released, um, and arriving at a different Baltimore station station that was initially announced, Tricky. so he would arrive in Baltimore in the dead of night, his sleeper car would then be unhitched from the train and drawn by horse to Camden street station, um, right cool and <laughs> as cool as something can be in eighteen yes whatever it is sixty <laughs> one. Um, and then they were going to couple it to a Washington DC bound train. So to ensure everything went according to plan, um, Pinkerton actually hires a lineman to go cut the telegraph communication line between Harrisburg and Baltimore so that there was no way anyone could, could go and send a telegram that mm-hmm. Lincoln was coming. The tall guy's coming. <laughs> He's not smiling. <laughs> but he seems to be having a good time. <laughs> Him how he feels when he gets there. Okay, so here's the hitch. The train from Harrisburg, having orders to move quickly, gets to Philly early. They get there too soon. So the president is now at risk of being recognized by the other passengers at the station because he's not going to like stand around and like get yeah, but gum or whatever. He's got a great disguise on. the fucking beaver on his head. So. <laughs> what if he just said, okay. <laughs> just a living beaver? <laughs> shh. Shh. The plan go to sleep. Don't ruin the plan, Jerry. <laughs> um, so to fix this, Pinkerton um, decides that Lincoln is the safest place he could be would be in a moving carriage. Because then the only people that will know he's in there are the people with him. He won't be spotted, whatever. So they go get a carriage, stick him in it in his disguise, and then they give the carriage driver insane directions. Like, they tell him, they give him all these really complicated directions. They're like, and you need to keep your eye out for this person, like, on the road. Mm -hmm. So basically the driver is distracted. He drives around in circles for, like, an hour, and then the plane, um, train comes. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a rip in the time-space continuum. (laughs) And a plane lands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared right now. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, basically, the, the, um, they get back to the station, they get onto the train when the train arrives without being seen. Great. Um, right? So, uh, while the train from Harrisburg to Philly allowed Lincoln and his team to travel in private, they had their own car, their train from Philly to Baltimore is like d- public. He has to share it with strangers. Ew! Right? Wow. Gross. So what they do to maintain the president's anonymity is now they get a second. They get a female Pinkerton named Kate Warner. And she poses as a woman who's traveling with her sick brother. And she goes to the conductor and says, can we please sit in the back of the train? My brother's very ill and he needs rest. And he, I don't want him woken up. Whatever. This is not what she said at all. <laughs> um, oh, please, I well. beg you, with all the... um <laughs> The conductor buys her story and gets them reserved seats in the back of the train. So then they get to be on this train with a little curtain Ooh. pulled between their area and the rest of the great unwashed. Um, <laughs> so on it's a four and a half hour train ride. Oh, fuck that with shit. only with only a curtain uh, um, dividing the president of the United States and everybody who kind of wants him dead. Um, uh, but despite the looming threat of danger, Lincoln remained in good spirits the whole time, even joking with his team. Yeah, because he doesn't fucking take it seriously. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> dude, you're gonna die, dude. <laughs> doesn't he know history? Also, what what are the jokes? What are a, what's a Lincoln joke? Yeah, that I'm, makes pull, him laugh. Pull my beard. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, do it. Really. You'll love it. (laughs) They get to Baltimore. They whisk Lincoln off um, to the connecting station to his next train. That train is delayed. (sighs) So his, of course, the good spirits fucking hightail it out of there. And he becomes queen bitch and is like, what the, (laughs) whose plan is this? So the sun's about to rise. And all they can do is sit there and wait for this train to come. So finally, but it does come, and he slips on. They um, barrel out of Baltimore. Baltimore, They head for D.C. By 6 a.m. on February 23rd, uh, Lincoln's train arrives safely in Washington, D.C., mission complete. Um, and later that morning, um, Davies and Hilliard arrive at the assassination site, um, only to see that Lincoln has already passed through. Mm. And with Davies, right, with Davies beside him, Hillard expresses his bafflement as to how the president could have gotten wind of the plot. And that's when Davies, um, turned to the camera and says, <laughs> dude, I have no idea. And then winks, clicks the heels up in the air, freeze frame, credits roll. <laughs> oh, hold on. And so, as we all know, Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated Whoa. to, uh, This is his, that's an actual picture of his inauguration day. Wow. And here's the up close. Oh. (laughs) Look at Mary Todd rocking that outfit. Yes. And that is the crazy story of the Baltimore plot to assassinate Abraham Lincoln.
0: That was a wild ride. (laughs) Can you believe our history? can't believe it happened. Do we have time for a A hometown hometown murder?
2: murder?
1: All right, Karen's right.
0: going to tell you a story. Here's the part where I tell you the rules.
1: Yeah! There he is! Hi.
3: Hi. Hi. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I can't believe you guys didn't touch the uh, fried mozzarella back there.
0: Oh, yeah. that has <laughs> got us fried mozzarella. <laughs> All right, carry on. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks,
1: Vince. Yeah. Okay, so let me just tell you really quick. You have to listen to the rules first. Um, but you know the rules, but you have to listen anyway. Um, so this is the time for hometown murder. We would love a Baltimore story. Um, Maryland. Definitely Maryland. Nowhere else. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't think you should do it. Why are you special? <laughs> um, you can't be so drunk. You can't tell your own story. If I'm not allowed Balcony. to be. I love your spirit, but no fucking way. <laughs> It's such, a nice, it's such a nice idea, but, I mean, seriously, it's like tomorrow morning you show up at that <laughs> side of the stage. <clears throat> um, please have a beginning, middle, and end. That's the best way to tell any story. Um, and wh- anything else? Uh, everyone hates you. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> keep it quick. Keep it quick because people hate you for getting picked. Okay. All Let's right. get, kind of get the lights up a tiny bit.
0: Three sisters? We don't have three mics. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go over here.
1: Oh, hi. Wow. Hi, guys. Hi. Jesus. (laughs) This looks like Lincoln's inauguration in here. Am I right? It's amazing. Okay, turn them down or shall Yeah, get that's down. crazy. That's horrifying. It's scary. Thank you. Okay. Don't oh, look hi. at the audience.
0: Don't look.
3: <laughs> hi. What's hi. Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi. It's Jessica. Hi. Hi. Hi Jessica. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> come here, come in the center. Okay. Go here. We're... This is Jessica, everybody. Hi, is Jessica. Right? Hi! That's so great. I know. So, like, a lot of people tell me I look like you. Oh, yeah, we That's look a lot alike. Yeah, don't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. I just see it. All black. Thank you. Where are you from? Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your story? Um, So, I'm going to tell a story. It's not my technical hometown, but it's my college town, UMBC. Yeah! <laughs> Go Retrievers. Go. What? Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? because like the mascots his name is true grit and um he's a golden retriever and he's fierce <laughs> i feel like <laughs> he's not that's golden real retriever. you swear that's real i swear to god it's real google it okay i will we did really good at basketball last year congratulations thank you yes great 16th seed with the Okay. It's, a, it's a good school. She said Google We're an honors college. Oh. Thank you. Wait, let's talk a little bit more about this college. It's a really good school. It's a great school. <laughs> Except for the murder. Oh. So, oh. so this is a UMBC and MySpace murder, and there was a student there by the name of John Gomer, um, and he met a lovely lady on MySpace named Josie Brown and uh, they went on a date they were driving back to his apartment on campus details are fuzzy I'm trying to remember them all but I guess he wanted to fuck her she did not um, she said drive me home he said sure so we're like okay but somewhere along the route he got upset that she would not fuck him mm-hmm. um, and Got her out of the car, or she asked out. We don't really know what happened. He beat her to death. Uh. I know. So her, he beat her there, um, left her there, and just went back to college. Like, nothing happened. Um, couple months go by, body is found. Um, multiple reports say he tried to cut off her fingers, but only did one hand. Oh. Um, and removed her bottom jaw. Jesus. Um, so she wouldn't be identified, but... Luckily, he pocket dialed her while he was beating her. It was all caught on her voicemail. So, no. Yeah. yeah. So Fuck. So he is now in jail and um, prison for the rest of his life. Yay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's the UMBC murder back in 2005. Jesus. Oh. Horrifying. But it's Thank the you. Worst. That was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Great job. Great job. Great Great job. Oh, wait. Oh, we have a present. Is it a
1: Canadian Kit Kat? No, we forgot yeah. the present. Yeah, the present? Oh, but yeah. It is. It's a keychain someone made that says Murderino. Oh, it's on so it. cute. Thanks, yeah. whoever made this. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay. Here, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Thanks. Great job. Love events.
0: Thank you. Oh, that was horrifying. Jarring. (laughs) Okay. Thank you guys for coming tonight. Thank you for listening. Thank you for... Supporting us always. We're so grateful and so lucky that we get to do this and drive in the snow and and come see these warm, friendly faces. It's wonderful. Thank you.
1: Yeah, this was an amazing show. And, uh, we say this all the time. That's the problem with posting live shows is that people hear our speeches at the end, but, um, we say it because we honestly mean it. This is, uh, this is our dream come true. I mean, like, because of your support, because of you guys coming out, getting tickets, showing up, we got to write a book. Like, the reason that That's happening is because of you guys and uh, and so we're so excited that we get to do it with you yeah. so thank you so much for being with us throughout this fucking insane um, situation that we are uh, in and thanks for coming out and do us a favor and stay sexy and don't bye Baltimore thank you